Welcome to Respawn Aimfire, episode 169, the Kick-Ass Urban Gaming Podcast from Affable Idiots. I am Holden Depardo, Epon, here with... Epon! <laughs> I'm Epon Michael Epon. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the Eponiest fan base of all time joining us from around the world, right now every tuesday morning at 9 a.m eastern put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for responding fire on youtube that's right we've gone into the third dimension of the 2d video we've we've been there for a while now <laughs> and if you want to add the fourth dimension of time you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash affable idiots every sunday night at 8 p.m eastern or 8 30 eastern like we're doing right now today's episode is brought to you by affable idiots which we'll tell you about later on in the episode that's it for the housekeeping we got a bunch to talk about we're gonna be talking about some ps1 to 3 emulation buying stake sorry stony buying stake in epic games <laughs> i thought Ubisoft you were about to plug of- your hello fresh one more time on this thing <laughs> i swear to god Holden, if you start talking about creamy mashed potatoes and shallot sauce i'm gonna throw up <laughs> <laughs> mm, shallot sauce before we get to all the lovely discussions about shallot sauce however chad what have you been playing this week Epon! oh man <laughs> i've been playing a few things we played ninjala for the first time ninjala is that it's the in art to shut up <laughs> Drinking a delicious, refreshing Sprite. <sighs> you and your sponsorships. Oh, my God. Mm, that Sprite was great. It'd be awesome with some Hello Fresh meals later on tonight for dinner. <laughs> you look just like Drake. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. I was just so taken aback by how how just handsome that Sprite made you look. Oh, it's it's so refreshing, especially during these hot summer days. Right. Chad, tell us about Ring Fit Adventure and the awesome ideas you have for that. <laughs> no, I want to talk about Ninjala first. Epon! Okay. It's a uh, it's Epon. The, it's the what is the game you like? Splatoon. That's it. It's a Splatoon yeah. look-alike, not really Very play-alike. So. I would say Splatoon. Splatoon's not my favorite game, but it's a game that like I I understand why people like it and I respect it. It's quality. This game is like, hey, what if we did Splatoon, but we didn't try? And then (laughs) (laughs) let people play it. Uh, Yeah, you've got weapons. You've got a shitty interface. You've got, uh, you just hit, mash a button. You've got a lot of, a lot of, aspects of the game that you don't understand like when you are fighting somebody then suddenly arrows pop up and you're like i don't know what to do do i want to push the same way as the other person do i not want to push the same way i don't understand but it's really fun whenever you eep on somebody which i don't know what that means but i have a feeling it's not like the eep on like we've been treating it it's probably more of like a eep on yeah like killed that guy <laughs> ko fatality KO. we played it for our, our game night on yeah. thursday it was free it, it played like a free game but um it was entertaining for an hour and a half, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but I definitely feel you. It's like they said, hey, what if we made like a melee version of Splatoon that wasn't nearly as refined and thought out and is actually kind of confusing in terms of the gameplay mechanics? I didn't have a bad time with it, but yeah, I definitely feel you. Like, sometimes you could just go up to someone and initiate a, like a insta-kill move and then other times you kind of get into like more of like a traditional 3d action kind of style like i'll hit you with my like baton thing and you hit me with your yo-yo and then other times you'd like fly up in the air and like these symbols would show up and move your joystick in this direction why i don't know but do it 
and maybe you'll win. Like it just is. Dis- it was strange. <laughs> Disclaimer: There were several YouTube videos at the beginning of the game. Legit YouTube videos, not in-game cinematics. Yeah. They just <laughs> linked to so YouTube videos weird. that explained how to play the game, and we all skipped them. So. I- I, know, I watched it. They're really not that you helpful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not that helpful. <laughs> Even um, if you had watched them, you'd be just as confused. Yeah, so uh, stick to Splatoon. Although Matt from Rhode Island does say in the chat that there's 100% more Epon in Ninjala. And that is correct. That is undeniable. Yeah, it's undeniable. Epon! Uh, <laughs> next up, play Destiny 2. We got this brand new gun. Hold on, this is the, one of the first times that we've ever had like an exotic quest for a gun that I've actually done. And it's a pretty cool one. We finally got it the other night. We went and we played some Crucible. It's a trace rifle. It's a void trace rifle. And as you shoot people and you kill them, it turns them into a little transmat sphere thingy. And you pick up the sphere and you smash that on the ground and it kills other people around you. So it's like you're taking someone's dead body and smashing other people with it. And it was so fun. Well, that's it. I, I played Did it say Epon, though, when you smash them with the ball? Uh, you say Epon out loud on chat okay. with everyone else. As long as Epon is involved in, in some way. I wonder if we're even pronouncing that correctly. I-P-P-O-N. Yeah, you got it right. Who cares? Epon? Epon Anonymous? <laughs> Damn you. Give him all the easy words. <laughs> Big Daddy's an underrated movie. But Holden, what I'd like to take a moment to talk about right now is HelloFresh. This week, <laughs> you've given me a code that allows me to get three free meals. Um. Uh, no, Ring Fit Adventure. I, Holden, Trevor was on the show two weeks ago. I've realized right now that if I don't quite know the next word I want to say, I just say Holden. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trevor was on the show two weeks ago, and he's like, well, I finally did it. I, uh, I got Ring Fit Adventure. I didn't get scalped, blah, 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 caught it. And I was like, you know what? The world is exploding. The U.S. sucks. I'm not going to go to the gym for probably the next six months especially because my gym is work and i'm not going back to work before the calendar year for sure so i'm like okay beat saber only does so much for me it's like good cardio but it's still only upper body and i don't feel like i got any kind of strength workout from it so i was like let me dip my little peen into this ring fit adventure pool and let it shrink up like simon birch's raisins and turned out to be such a blessing in disguise it was great i went online i got scalped paid 100 bucks for it but it doesn't matter <laughs> it got here i played it yesterday was the first time i played it i played it again today and i am so surprised at how much of a strength workout you're able to get with just this little tiny resistance ring this little that's thing, what i was curious about right i can see cardio for you but you're a strong dude so I was, that's what i was curious about is the strength workout strong man when they had the calibration at the beginning where they're like let's test your strength squeeze it as hard as you can i was like ah! and i was squeezing it and it was like you're so strong <laughs> its voice got really deep and sultry like that too it's like you're so strong and then i was like just wait till you see me pull it <laughs> and then i pulled it as hard as i could and it said oh my god no one's pulled it like that <laughs> And it's mostly the sexual feedback that I get from it that keeps me going. So, <laughs> no, I was I'm I'm really surprised at the variety. Right now, I've only unlocked six moves. As you progress through the the journey, Ring Fit Journey mode, uh, you unlock different types of exercises you could do with it to fight enemies, quote unquote. Uh, but I've only got six exercises, but I'm still surprised at how strenuous they are, at how difficult it is to complete them. 
there's a there's an option at the beginning where you can say, I exercise more than most people my age, and I feel like I'm pretty strong, or I feel like I'm not as strong as most people my age, that kind of stuff. And it kind of sets a fitness level for you. And I started out just being like really cocky and I'm like, I did CrossFit. I haven't worked for, for reference. I have not worked out in five months. It has been five months to the day today since my last workout. We should be fair to you though. This wasn't laziness. You had like surgery and shit. Exactly. Couldn't. Yeah. So, um, I was like, I I can't have lost too much strength gains and, and conditioning and stuff like that in five months. Turns out there's a lot you can lose. Um, so I, I was it's like, true. I'm pretty if you cocky. don't use it, you will lose it. It's true. There's like the difficulty quote unquote is like a range from one to 30. And based on the things that I chose, it set me at a 26 and I was like, Holy okay, shit. okay. And I did half of the first world. Actually, the first world was three levels. I did up until the end of the second level at the 26 and I got to the point where I was literally like, I was lightheaded. I was feeling like I was going to throw up. It was the second time I had to sit down on my bed as to not fall over and throw up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I should probably reduce the difficulty of this. But it's, um, I think what makes it such a good tool is the variety of exercises, but then it also combines a couple of like really important fitness things like uh, half when anytime you're attacking somebody with a with a workout, I don't know why I keep having to do air quotes. I just like scratching my fingers and bunny ears. Um, <laughs> just scratching the air. Just scratching. Just like, hey, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, hey, you gonna, know, just scratching. Give me a little back scratch, a little scr- scratch, scratchy. Um, but the half, of, like if, if it says, cool, you're going to do an attack with squats right now on this enemy, and then it gives you whatever. I assume it's the same as your number because I think it was always 26 or maybe it was 28. It's like, you're going to do 28 squats right now. And the first 14 of them are going to be pause squats, which are really, really great. Like time under tension is a big thing in in workouts. That's why if you have lighter weights, but you go slower and you're under that tension longer, you're going to get very similar benefits. And if you have really heavy weights, but you only do one or two reps and you're not pausing. So it's, it's giving that, that pause and that, that pace, (coughs) excuse me, scratching the ear so much that I started scratching my throat somehow on accident. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that time under tension with the first half of the set completely exhausts you. And then it has, like, the idea of a drop set where you, like, maybe take a couple of pounds off the bar or uh, lighten the load of it and you just do as, uh, a lot of reps pretty quickly. And it's that for every single exercise, every time you do it. So I was, like, going balls out. And especially, I don't know why it was, but the overhead press one where you're holding it above your head and you're pressing inward and it's supposed to work your delts and a bunch of other muscles. And I was, that one in particular made me want to throw up more than any other one. And I don't understand why. (laughs) Because I can understand where, like, squatting, where you're going low and getting back up and low and back up. Like, that, I understand why that can make you lightheaded and want to throw up. But just standing there and squeezing something above your head over and over, I don't get it. But it did. Um, and then I got in there today in the, in this morning, it was the first thing I did when I woke up aside from look at my phone for 45 minutes and I did a workout. I took some pre-workout so that I could wake myself up and get ready. Um, and I am sufficiently sore. Like right now walking down the stairs to go to the grocery store this afternoon. I was like, Oh, Oh, I haven't felt this in a long time. Like my legs are sore. I have this massage gun that I've just been massaging my legs and my (laughs) my chest 
all day. But no, I'm just I'm I am pleasantly surprised at the level of exercise I was able to get from this and the level of strength training I was able to get from this. Um there are a couple of like I have resistance bands, like any people can see in my closet, like on the back of that door, I have a ton of different bands and you can do a lot of things with bands too, but there's not a structure to it. And you're kind of just like, all right, I'm doing this on my own. And I decided I want to do these types of exercises to work these parts of my body. And like, I'm just going to do them until I feel like I don't want to, or I have a plan set in my head, but then it's, it gets boring and you kind of, um, you kind of, I don't know. I lose interest very quickly. Part of what I liked about CrossFit and what I was doing before is that somebody was there to tell you exactly what you were doing. I didn't have to think about it. And there were other people in the room so you felt like you were competing a little bit or there was a little bit of a drive. And this, having the gameplay mechanic and that like I have to kill these enemies to move on to the next like section or even like get a break from working out, like that's the drive for me. That's the competition part of it. Uh, and then, of course, the structure is just like, I just fucking did one of these moves. I can't do it again, so I have to choose something else. So it's making me do those kind of things. And my understanding is that once I get to World 3, there's also going to be, like, type advantages. So they're going to throw, <clears throat> I don't know, a red enemy my way, and that means I have to do a chest exercise. Or they're going to throw a blue enemy, and I have to do a squat or something like that. I haven't quite gotten there yet. But that's even more, like, customizing the workout to do specific things. Because right now, it's basically just a, you do a little bit of everything the whole time versus like today might be more focused on chest and shoulders and today might be the other day might be focused more on like legs and abs but i don't know i'm excited i'm so excited in fact that i've even reached out to anyone who is i reached out on twitter and posted a tweet and said anyone who has ring fit and is interested in just like sharing a journey together like all of us start we hold each other accountable we meet i don't know every two weeks or something like that we might turn it into content to put on respawning fire and just like track each other's progress and I think it would be super cool. So if you're listening to this and that sounds interesting, DM me, twitter.com slash chatmikeinnis. We already have like seven people who are interested. So I'm going to hopefully get that going in the next couple of days and figure out what that content looks like. I'm excited. I both love and hate you for making me do this. You didn't make me do it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really good for me. But it's like, shit, okay, now I have to do this. <laughs> it's going to be so good. But I think that the, the social aspect and that kind of positive social pressure is going to be really good. Uh, for me and I'm sure for many other people as well. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. And part of what I want uh, from Lord this too, knows I need I need this. <laughs> <laughs> part of what I want from this too is just like is just sharing. And it's not I don't want it to be a competition and like who can get the best score in five days and then rank mm -hmm. us and see who fucking sucks. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be like, guys, I got this this week and I didn't think I could. Let's celebrate that. That's awesome. Or if uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do like group progress pictures day and everyone just shows like 30 days in 60 days in 90 days in what they've what they've like the progress that they've made through it like i want it to be that kind of a thing just like place where we can celebrate each other's successes keep each other accountable and not like a you're not exercising enough you better fucking work out or else i'm gonna come over there and beat you with a pillow full of bricks that's my that's my jock persona i don't know why they have a lot of bricks and pillowcases but You'd have to play a lot of Ring Fit Adventure to swing a pillow full of bricks. That'd be would. tough. Uh, they're they are requesting in the Twitch chat right now feet pics. <clears throat> so you're welcome. <laughs> For anyone wondering, that's a callus on the outside of my foot from tap dancing. So that's what that was. You're welcome. Hot. Yeah. So yes, I'm very excited about Ring Fit Adventure. My one, I don't know. I might have a couple of criticisms, but the biggest criticism I have about it is the cooldown and the warm-up are nowhere near sufficient for what you're going to be doing in that, in that game. 
they are both like 90 seconds each and they're like cool let's bring your knees up high three times on each side cool your knees are warmed up let's stretch to the side for five seconds great your arms are warmed up it's like no you need to be doing a lot more than that to warm up your body sufficiently to do some of these exercises. So I wish that was a little bit more involved, but... Oh, and then also there were... Obviously, it's almost impossible for a video game without any kind of actual visual feedback on you to give you proper coaching on like form on some of these things. But there were a few times when I was like doing squats, it will tell you, try and keep your back straight. And like cues like that, keep your back straight, can be very misleading to people. Like, oh, does that mean that it wants me to be completely vertical up and down? My spine isn't straight, so why am I trying to flatten my spine to make it straight? And like, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's more like a neutral spine thing. You're actually not supposed to be up and down. You're supposed to be slightly tilted forward as well. And then like, try to focus on engaging your chest. And it's like, for some of these things, I remember when I first started doing any kind of strength training, like exercises that were supposed to work parts of my body where I literally just had not developed any muscle whatsoever. I was like, I don't feel this. Like, I know this is supposed to be working my chest. I don't feel it in my chest because I don't have chest muscles yet. So there's no way that I could focus this on my chest. I don't know. So I relied upon a coach or a trainer to be like, you are doing that correctly, even if your body's not giving you the proper feedback. So, and like, and I don't know the solution to that without having someone in the room or without having some kind of like body tracking, uh, like AR software that says, oh no, it looks like you're in the wrong position, but I don't know. So a little tiny nitpicky thing. Sony's gonna have the little AI buddy next to you, and they could totally do all that <laughs> you for you. I love that AI buddy. <laughs> it's hilariously stupid because it's never gonna happen. <laughs> <clears throat> That's it. That's my story of Ringfit Adventure. Um, I don't know how much more I will talk about it on this show. Hopefully, I'll just talk about it on whatever spinoff Ringfit Adventure Club thing that we have uh, going forward. But look for that because I definitely want to share this with people. And there are a lot of people who have this and are like looking for an excuse to use it. So. Holden, did you play The Last of Us Part 2? I played The Last of Us Part 2. We have a the whole spoiler fuck? chat about it where I share all my thoughts. So why talk about it now? I loved it. It was great. But you should listen to the spoiler chat because we talk about a lot of cool things in there. We did. Um, in fact, I, I just, just played Destiny like 2 hours ago. So everyone go yeah. look at it. I also played Destiny 2 a little bit with you guys on game night and then Injala for um, <laughs> uh, the game night. And uh, I'll just say about Destiny 2. Um, I'm kind of glad I went back into that game again because I just kind of forgot how absolutely solid the shooting mechanics feel in that game, even compared to like a Warzone, which just kind of feels a little bit different. I just like the way Destiny 2 feels, I think, more. Um, but also, I forgot how unbelievably good the art in that game is. And after, like, because I hadn't really played it after, um, I haven't played it after a lot of the conversations we had about unionization and all that, that I really kind of reflected on it in that context of like how Bungie's a no crunch studio. And that game is remarkable considering it's just a game in general, but even more remarkable that it's made no crunch. It's just a great, like considering two games I played this week, destiny two and the last of us part two and like what both games accomplished, obviously are very different, but it was kind of cool. Like Disney really great triple a game, very intricate, lot going on. Still have some problems with it, but that's fine. And it's rock solid and it's country. That's just awesome. That's just awesome. I want to mention but. that whenever you said, you know what, maybe I should get back on and level up a character so I can play with you guys. I was like, yes, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm glad to see you're kind of jumping back into it. It's also adorable that you're like, I think I'm going to go in there and level up my character. And you play with us for 25 minutes. You're like, all right, I'm done. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, you're going to get we nowhere. Play, and I'm pace. like, maybe I should join a little bit. <laughs> and I did. The same thing will probably happen tonight, though, because it's so fucking hot in my basement. It's unbearable <laughs> to play down here. It really is. But anyway, uh, we have fetch quests to discuss. These are exciting fetch quests, Chad. Oh, Chad, my God. Very up. exciting. V Excite. Excite Bike 64. <laughs> um, facetious just aside I think this is actually legitimately a better fetch quest than we usually have starting off Microsoft's next chance to blow us away with the Xbox Series X is July 23rd that's when the next kind of look at the first party game actually the first look at the first party games is going to be excited for that I don't felt like expect we knew exactly. this like, I felt they like said in July they, I, even, I, don't think, I they think I remember last week on the episode being like so yeah it's coming in July I think it's the 23rd I think that was and I I feel like we already knew the date, but then everyone this week was like, surprise, it's the 23rd. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> You're just, just, you have a third eye. You can just see this shit before it happens. That's right. So. My third eye is actually on my butthole. It is not my butthole. It's <laughs> on my butthole. It makes it real weird to poop. <laughs> you have to like cover it because like, I don't want to see this shit. Yeah. No and intended. I always know, that's how I always know in advance when I have to poop. Everyone else is like, oh, I gotta go. I assume that's how everyone else is. That it surprises them and they only have several seconds to get to the bathroom. Whereas I can literally see like, the poop coming in advance. You know it's a fart versus a poop. It's a great advantage in life. Yeah. Like, do I have to go to the bathroom right now? No, I'll save the time. I'll take the awkwardness of it farting in public, but I'll save the time. On the flip side, permanent pink eye down there. <laughs> <laughs> So after Xbox's event on July 23rd, <laughs> Sony apparently, reportedly, according to rumors, is going to have a kind of counter event where they're holding back certain piece of announcements until after that Microsoft event so that they can kind of, you know, respond in some way. So that state of play is going to be in August, apparently, which makes sense. Kiero. Um, one detail I hope to find out is whether or not we're going to get free upgrades on PS5 from our cross-gen games. And according to this leaked Dirt 5 trailer, a PS5 upgrade option is confirmed in the leaked trailer. So the actual quote from the leaked trailer is, excuse me, check out our official features trailer for Dirt 5, launching October 9th to PlayStation 4, followed shortly by launching on PlayStation 5. Dirt 5 supports a free upgrade option for PlayStation players, so grab Dirt 5 on PS4, get the next-gen optimized version on PS5, free of charge. Free of charge. It's not official, but that's a good sign. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, we, We knew this was the inevitable with Xbox... It's not Insider. What is what is the name of the smart delivery? That's it. Xbox smart, smart delivery. delivery. Yeah, you can't. You just can't. You can't charge on PlayStation and not charge on Xbox. Yeah, but it would make see... Sony look really bad. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of looking really bad, there's a inappropriate stealth game that uh, won't be getting launched on Switch, but was featured on the Switch store temporarily anyway before being taken down. Um, I the article from D- uh, David McFerrin at Nintendo Life linked to the trailer, and I watched it. It was completely floored at what I didn't even think this would be allowed on any console, Steam, anywhere, let alone Nintendo. I haven't told Chad what it is yet. I'm honestly kind of worried because watch right now. It's extremely inappropriate. It's called Don't Get the Game Caught. Is, don't get caught. Here we go. I'm watching it. We're not going to show this it on is, stream, just in case. I don't yeah, know, don't. Like we're not going to show it. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Oh my god. Okay. 
<laughs> what is with the creepy baby doll in the back of the trip? Yeah. Right? What the fuck? He's like, I can't what? believe that that... How, so it was apparently accidentally released. Chad, do you want to describe what it was or do you want me to describe it is, what it was? So you are, you are a man in your underwear and a wife beater sitting in the back of a car at night and someone's driving you and you're jerking off and you are trying not, I guess, trying not to let people know that you're jerking off. And there's also a terrifying baby doll sitting next to you that turns its head and its eyes are black and it looks like the devil. But, and I, I don't know. I don't know. And the head of your penis is a smiley face. It <laughs> <laughs> was not at all what I was expecting it to be in any way. Nope. I was so completely surprised. But here's what baffles me. How, how did that get put onto the Nintendo store anyway like how was this an accident that they had a description written out they had like a pricing and like all that how how did that happen holy shit i don't know i don't know but that's on steam as well no it's just on the nintendo (laughs) eShop. just on the nintendo (laughs) eShop. like i imagine my thought was like oh it's a steam game and then they're like oh they've got some credibility because they're on steam so we'll just port it over to nintendo switch no it's just a switch game I bet the HD rumble on that, though, is so, so specific. <laughs> God, like, that's an AO, like, that's an AO game. I've, I've yeah. not seen many examples of games that would be, like, A, but that's definitely an I wonder AO if, game. Adults I wonder only. if the smiley face on the penis is just for the trailer or whether, like, in the game it's you're, you see the full-on dick. I don't know. I can't imagine people being like, oh, thank God they have the smiley face. That would have been so awkward if I was jerking off <laughs> in the back of this dude's car <laughs> with a smiley face penis. Uh, for those of you wondering, the game is called, what's it called again? Uh, Don't Get, Don't get caught. caught. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. Speaking of a game that we are actually excited for, <laughs> um, <laughs> how much? It's not in the store at all anymore, uh, Dallas, so it's not available. Um, so... Naughty Dog is now hiring for their next project. The job listings are up. To no surprise, it's another narrative game. <gasps> Thank God. If they Shocker. went starting into like arcade games, I would be like, <laughs> I'll play it. The next, Naughty Dog's next game is Uncharted Returning. Uncharted Pinball. PS5 exclusive. Where did all the pinball Boom. games go, though? Like, we used to have pinball out the wazoo in the early 2000s, late 90s. We used to have Pokemon pinball. We used to have Sonic's pinball. I don't know why I said Pokemon like Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> Epon. Great. So I'm excited I'll say to see this. that they're continuing to work and that they are not calling it quits after The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> um, I also think it probably won't be that long until we actually find out what the project is, though. Because Last of Us was announced within the same calendar year as uh, Uncharted 3. Uh, Uncharted 4 was announced in the same calendar year as Last of Us. And Last of Us Part 2 was announced in the same calendar year as Uncharted 4. So there's an extremely strong possibility that we'll actually find out what this game is by the end of the year. Which Apparently is in this August Very event, exciting. there's supposed to be third and first party announcements. So... Ooh. Maybe. What's our last fetch quest? Last Fetch Quest is Sony unveils the very first look at the PlayStation 5 box art with Spider-Man Ma- Miles Morales, but they also showed God um, Godfall as well. Godfall, that's right. 
What do you think, Chad? They're like it has like a white strip on the top now instead of the blue. To be honest, I really had to think about like what does PS4 box art look like because I have not bought a physical <laughs> PS4 game in a very long time. Uh, no, that's a lie. I bought Anthem because it was like three dollars on Black Friday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It looks like a it looks like PlayStation box art. I don't know what else to say. They basically they took the PS4 box art and they took the blue stripe at the top that said PS4 and they just made it white and said PS5. Other yep, than that, exactly it's exactly like. the same. Yeah, it still has I'm the blue box. It's still the the big thing that's missing that a lot of people are speculating about is that it doesn't have for specifically for the Spider-Man Miles Miles Morales. It does not have only on PlayStation, like most PS4 Ooh. exclusives do. Interesting. A lot of people are like... I did not catch on to that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, a lot of people are wondering, they're like, does that mean that um, like, that now that they're starting to flirt with putting things on PC, are they just not comfortable saying only on PlayStation because in the future that could come to PC? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Going on to the Microsoft Quest log. Yeah, First Microsoft Quest log. Xbox doesn't want people paying for next-gen game upgrades. Thanks, Brett McIndoski at Destructoid. So after 2K announced their next-gen pricing model, Microsoft has reached out to developers informing um, them next-gen upgrades cannot be, quote, paid DLC in order to avoid using smart delivery. Microsoft emphasized the development tools for um, Xbox One are the same as the Series X and PC, so um, cost to the studios should be minimal. However, developers could still work through retailers for trade-in programs to get around the rules. They can offer. Um, they can also offer discounts um, for next-gen versions of the game if they wanted to charge separately for it. Um, yeah. So that last point, I wanted to clarify because yeah. I was confused by it. It what they're basically saying is that like you could have GameStop say, "Hey, if you bought so and so game on PS4 and you want it on PS5, we'll give you a discount because you bought the PS4 version." Or you you could have. Like a, a trading program for that. Like you trade in the PS4 version, we'll give you the PS5. Like they could literally swap SKUs for you and, and charge you more. Mm-hmm. But you cannot have a $60 game and then say, all right, as a $10 digital download, you're going to unlock the PS5 version. Yeah. I, I think this, I'm glad Microsoft's kind of drawing the line in the sand at least. I do wonder, excuse me, I should be drinking a Sprite. I'm taking back my sponsorship. <laughs> burping now. <laughs> I'm I'm now glad Microsoft's the other sprite the guy. Was it Kid Cuddy who did a sprite commercial? I don't know. I have no idea. I know LeBron James and Drake did though. Oh, I I am Drake. Sorry, that was mentioned earlier in the podcast. So LeBron James and myself have uh, done the sponsorships <laughs> for Sprite. Um, so Microsoft's trying the line in the sand. I'm glad they're doing that because I don't think they can entirely force developers to say, "Hey, you can't do the trade and stuff at like the store." I think that's kind of outside of their control. But they can control that on their own digital store. And right. since most games are purchased that way, I think it would be a big endeavor for a developer to say, "We're going to make the physical process way worse for buying our games than the digital version." And it's kind of a way of incentivizing developers to stick with a more consumer-friendly approach. It would also really out any developers for being total scumbags if they did uh, decide to handle things differently physically and digitally in a major way like that, just for the purposes of making more money. So. We'll kind of find out if there's more 2Ks out there who are going to be doing some shitty practices. I think this is I think this is a, a miss on Microsoft's part that they when they announce smart delivery, like this is a really cool thing. You won't have to pay for next gen upgrades whenever the new version comes out. And they specifically said, like 
it's something that we'll be doing as a first party and third parties can opt into this. And they didn't provide any yeah. other kind of guidelines. And now they're saying several months later, you cannot offer $10 upgrades as DLC. It's like, you if you if you wanted this to be the true way that like next-gen games behave, you should have stated that from the start and not given people an opt-in thing. You should have just said, hey, yeah. you're using smart delivery or you're coming up with your own strategy, but we're not going to support it. They definitely moved the goalpost a little bit over time as well because they kind of started off with this smart delivery is the way next gen is going to be. And then it kind of shifted to like, it's the way we really want it to be. Right. They just kind of like shifted things a little bit. It's nice to see the intentions there, but yeah, I agree with you. They're not being as firm as they could be because obviously 2K wouldn't get away with what they're doing if they were being firmer. But at least they're trying to draw a line somewhere. Because again, like I don't think that Amazon is going to give a shit what Microsoft does on their own store. But it's also we'll like, it also, I'm thinking about like if I, if I bought a physical copy of a game and then I have to go trade that game in and then get the new version of that game physically through Amazon or now that, especially during coronavirus when a lot of things might be closed or you might not be able to access those stores. It's like, that sounds like a pain in the dingleberry. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate, why would people ever want to do that? Why would people want to buy physical games? We have an, uh, by the way, we have an update. Um, Kid Cudi performed as part of the Sprite Step-Off competition in February <laughs> of 2010 in San Francisco. And then uh, Dusty Hills says in the chat, Lil Yachty. Uh, turns out Lil Yachty also teamed up with Sprite. So uh, maybe even Eminem. Hold, please. New information. Ooh. Vic Mensa, Kamaya, and Cap G, I hope I said all of those correctly, I am 30, will also have their cool lyrics covering soda cans. This was in 2017. A bunch of people, yeah, Lil Yachty, Vince Staples, D-Ram, Dram, Dramamine, and more team with Sprite for summer lyrics campaign. A lot of people have teamed with Sprite, it seems, Holden, and you are just one of many famous people. Wow, I'm amongst great company. I, Drake, am amongst great company being a sponsor <laughs> for, for Sprite. Next-gen exclusives are counter to what gaming is about, says Xbox Head. This is from Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Here's another quote from Phil Spencer. Gaming is about entertainment and community and diversion and learning new stories and new perspectives. And I find it completely counter to what gaming is about to say that part of of that is to lock people away from being able to experience those games or to force someone to buy my specific device on the day that I want them to go buy it in order to partake in what gaming is about. Gaming is bigger than any one device and that is something as an industry that we've embraced all up as we all up as we bring more and more players in. I think it's vital to the role that gaming um, can play on the planet. He also commented on the cross-gen aspect of their plan as, quote, holding them back. And he says that this is just a meme between people, quote, caught up in device competition. I have some thoughts on this quote. And I want to <laughs> start off by saying, I call bullshit, Phil Spencer. I call bullshit <laughs> that you're, you're, you're claiming that gaming has always been about like experience. We don't want to lock people out. It has never been about that. It has always been about 
you get a brand new shiny box. These are the exclusive things you can play on this box. You can't play them backward. Like if I wanted to play Perfect Dark Zero at the launch of Xbox 360 on my regular Xbox, I couldn't do that. It has always traditionally been about the next big box, the next shiny new thing. You can only play these experiences here. This is the very, very first time that we've ever had anything different than that. <laughs> and it's only Xbox that's now saying this. I think this is a great ideal, but the, the fact that he's saying that like gaming is bigger than any one device, and that is something as an industry we've embraced. And it's like, it is, this is the first year that we've really seen anything to have cross-play or cross-buy even, like being able to buy it one place and play it anywhere else. Um, I think, yeah, this is a great ideal, Phil Spencer, but to come out and say that this is the idealistic thing that gaming has always been about, and it's always been about this. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. You are doing this right now to support your customer-focused messaging for Xbox Series <laughs> X, and I think that's a really great brand new, like, awesome marketing strategy for you, uh, but don't try to pretend that it's been what your strategy has always been at Xbox or in gaming in general. Especially in Xbox. Like, why was Halo exclusive to the Xbox and not on PlayStation 2 and GameCube? I thought it was all about exactly. you know sharing the experiences across the platform. Like, it's so not true. The other part that's ridiculous, and I'm going to call him out on this as well, is this whole um, that the whole cross-gen is holding them back. And he says, that's just a meme between people caught up in device competition. I'm like, then why do developers get excited about having a greater level of CPU power so they can run more AI, um, like AI um, uh, functions with, with NPCs in a new game because they have a greater CPU and they can do that in this new hardware now. Like that kind of topic has been the conversation point of every single console generation ever, ever is like, because we went from eight bit to 16 bit, we can have much richer worlds that weren't possible before. That's why these are exclusive to this console. Like what he's saying is so ahistorical in this industry. It's really bizarre, but I, yeah, I think you're right. Like it is the ideal that he's trying to make going forward and that's admirable, but don't be disingenuous about the past to make that point about what you want to do about going in the future. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. There, there are two more parts in here. One, I'm going to jump off what you just said about like the cross-gen aspect of their plan not holding them back. I read a little bit more into yeah. the article and it, it was talking about how it, it was really about like he wanted things to be more PC-like where you buy a PC and you can still play this game on really crappy PCs or really good PCs. But eventually there does come a time when like your PC is not going to run a game. Even at like potato settings, mm -hmm. it's not going to run a game. Um, and so it's it, even that's not a perfect analogy that he's trying to use. But then the, the as you mentioned too, at the line... Or to force someone to buy my specific device on the day that I want them to go buy it in order to partake in what gaming is about. Gaming is bigger than any one device. Then why aren't your games on PlayStation? Why aren't your games on Nintendo Switch more? Yeah. Like, why do you have exclusive Xbox games? If, if this is supposed to be a medium that is for literally anyone, then release Gears of War on Stadia. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. Nope. Ever. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I, I, I love Phil Spencer. I frequently am on his side, I would say, but here I'm just, I can't agree with this. I think you put it well. The ideal, I think we can both get on, yep, on the same page on. Um, as long as we're talking about the Xbox generation list as opposed to like all games on all systems, like everywhere. And I think he can get away with saying this because Microsoft, I actually went and this is actually going to be, research i did for our main quest but um microsoft like 
their top nine sold games on Xbox One sold were all third-party, non-exclusive games. Halo 5 Guardians is the only game in the top 10. It's number 10 specifically. That was an Xbox exclusive. Their bread and butter is third-party games, not their first party. So I think for them, they can say this because, like, absolutely, games that are on Xbox, like Grand Theft Auto 5, are everywhere to, you know, have this community involvement where the game experience is all the same everywhere. I'm like, yeah, but then when you start talking about exclusive games, that that point is completely void. Like, completely void. And for the first so. time, because uh, going back to the cross-gen thing and, and holding them back, for the first time with the new SSDs and the new architecture that like literally allows people to fundamentally change the way that they're creating and planning games and designing them, I think this is another, like, it's another, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, I can't think of the word. To it's disingenuous. It, it's, not, it's disingenuous, yeah. It's like, because they have to plan for the hard drive speeds of an Xbox One, when they're creating their games, there's no way they're going to be able to take advantage of brand new experiences with the new SSDs and the new architecture in order to make some really truly unique things that have no loading times, or they don't have to go squeeze through tiny rocks and shimmy for ten seconds while they <laughs> load something. Like that's the kind of stuff that they still have to design in order to make it run on an Xbox One that they wouldn't have to if they were able to truly take advantage of next gen. Mm-hmm. And especially developers always go for the lowest common denominator. They want to make the game that can go for the lowest target possible. And Microsoft is making that a reality more so than it's ever been by having like Xbox One support going further into next generation. Um, PCs not having SSDs is, is going to be a part of that as well, where they can't necessarily speak to the SSD across the whole gaming industry because the technology is lopsided right now. Like just nothing. I kind of feel like any way you look at this in an historical context, not looking forward, but in a historical context, it just doesn't play out. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, nice try, does, Phil Spencer. Pontetucky <laughs> Phil. What does sound like it could work, moving on to the Sony Quest log, is the Sony patent which suggests that PS1, PS2, and PS3 could be backwards compatible via the cloud. Makes sense to me. The patent suggests that games would run on a virtual machine mimicking the OS of each console. The implementation wasn't clarified in the patent. Will these emulations be part of PS Now, a new service, or be available to all PS5 users? We don't know that yet, but we know that they can emulate, based on the patent, they can emulate those PS1, PS2, and PS3 games. Um, another patent shows how, this is really cool, shows how you can share mini games from the emulated game and share it with friends. Other words, like you can actually say, hey, that one level of Crash Bandicoot on PS1 is really cool, clip it, and rather than sharing a clip of that game, or like a, like a video clip, you're actually sending a gameplay clip where your friend can then play through that moment. Kind of Which similar is- to what we saw with the Stadia reveal yeah very very much so and i think the ssd allows that to be possible with ps5 where you could say like dude i know you don't have last of us part three yet but i'm gonna send you this one portion of ellie climbing up a dinosaur and you're gonna think it's the greatest thing ever so i'm gonna clip that moment and like send it to you that's insanely cool they're talking here just ps1 ps2 ps3 but i'm speculating could PS5 too. I'm confused at how this is different than PS Now. And what I assume is that PlayStation Now does the exact same thing. It processes all of these running on virtual PS3s in the cloud, and then it sends you that and you play mm-hmm. it through streaming. Like I, I don't understand what this, what's new about this patent that differentiates it from PS Now. 
for the implementation than... of how they're emulating is is my guess. Do they have it with PS2 and PS1 already on PS Now? They I have, think it's just PS3, isn't it? They have PS2. Well, PS2, PS4. PS, like the PS2 classics that were remade for PS3 and PS4. Like they have those, but yeah, I don't think they have like PS2 games or PS1 games. But I mean, if they're emulating a PS3, like that could run. Mm. That used to run PS1 games or at least PS1 classics. Yeah. It also could be that like they could make a version of like Ratchet and Clank on PS2 or Jack and Daxter on PS2 and make a version of it so that it runs on PS3 and then the PS3 emulator can handle that. Whereas I think this is saying that PS2 has its own emulator, PS1 has its own emulator, so they don't have to do any work into getting specific games to work with the PS3 emulator. They can just run off of an emulator for their native system. But you're right, on the PS3 side, they, te- they technically already do have that. The other thought oh, I just actually, had right now is like, does this mean I can put in a disc in my my PlayStation Five? It sends that information to the cloud, processes all of that power, and then sends me back the gameplay stream. Or is it all digital? This means. I think what it's actually saying is, is that right now they might actually have, and this actually makes a ton of sense, um, right now they might actually have it where they have different servers that are a PS4 server and a PS3 server. And when you want to play a PS3 game, you're running off of a PS3 server. Because these these systems are basically just like stacked PS3s and stacked PS4 motherboards, as opposed to just like you know, a bunch of consoles running. Right. Now this would make it so that they can have just one standard server that they can um, have out there, and that one server could emulate all the different systems, as opposed to having a different server for PS3, a different server for PS, you know, four, different server for PS1 and two. They could just have one hardware that they, uh, one hardware server they focus on, and they can develop for, and just have the emulation running on that one type of server. Actually, could be a really huge cost cutting measure. But the the patent itself is very vague, so we don't really know what that means. The main, I think, think takeaway is that they are prioritizing backwards compatibility for PS1, 2, and 3, which was kind of wishy-washy if they were going to be doing that or not. And it's still wishy-washy, but this is a good sign. Well, as long as I can play them and it doesn't... I mean, even better if it doesn't take up hard drive space on my new PS5. If I'm streaming yeah, it via the absolutely. cloud. Just all those PS1 work, games. I don't care how Massive works. in file size. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, this is a huge story, this next one. Sony invests $250 million in the Fortnite maker Epic. Thank you, Wesley Yin Pool at Eurogamer. So this gives Sony a 1.4% stake in Epic Games, where they hope the partnership will lead to, quote, a broadening of their collaboration across Sony's leading portfolio of entertainment assets and technology and Epic's social entertainment platform and digital ecosystem to create unique experiences for consumers and creators. Genichiro Yoshida of Sony elaborated on the partnership, claiming they'll be able to explore, excuse me, a quote, explore opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to consumers and the industry at large. Not only in games, but also across the rapidly evolving digital entertainment landscape. The investment doesn't make any of Epic's projects up for exclusivity on PlayStation, which should be noted. So 1.4%, not a big stake, but this is a big move either way, I think. Yeah. I, my, my thought about this is I wonder if they saw... Everything that came out about this, and we'll talk about this in the next story as well, is that, that PlayStation was so impressed by Epic's reveal of Unreal Engine 5 that they decided, let's invest money in it. Uh, and so this mm-hmm. decision to invest came after that presentation and what they saw there. And I'm wondering if they are now seeing, like, we have an opportunity to just use Unreal for all of our first-party games going forward and save so much on R&D costs and trying to develop these in-house proprietary engines like the Decima engine. Um, and we don't, like, if if the Unreal engine can do all of these things that it's saying it can do and look really amazing, like, why? 
why put ourselves through all that stress? Let's just work with Epic to make sure mm-hmm. we can throw them some money to make sure it has some specific features that we want included in our gaming engines. And then we can just yeah. cut all that development time trying to figure it out ourselves. That's what I kind of see this as. I don't know if that's true, but that's that's where I see this. Just trying to make some R&D cost cuts and kind of get up to speed faster on the new systems. I think you're 100% right. I don't... Yeah, I think there's... I see it exactly that exact same way. It's... um. Why you said like why put in money into investing in an engine? For example, of like how much time that can spend um, can be spent on an engine. Breath of the Wild was continuously delayed, and it wasn't because they didn't have puzzle ideas or like ideas for what the world layout was going to be. It was specifically the engine. The engine is what dragged that development so far along. Um, it's a huge endeavor to make a new engine, especially when like Sony has a team called Ice, uh, and not to be related to the government <laughs> organization. Totally different. Very um, different. And it's basically just a it's a it's a technology like a a core technology company or division within Sony that partners with like Naughty Dog and Insomniac and Santa Monica to make sure that like their games are reaching a spec that they can hit with the newest hardware, and a lot of that is developing the engine. So like for example, in the um, in the whatchamacallit, in the Naughty Dog job listing. One of the jobs listings that was there was also just testing graphical fidelity on the new systems and developing engines that can support next-gen hardware. How much time do you think Naughty Dog is going to spend on that when they could just say, yeah, bring over Unreal, let Epic deal with that? The other plus side is if Sony has a stake in in Epic, they're going to be making money off of Epic's progress, which means they'll be making money off of third-party progress in the industry, which is kind of only a good thing for for Sony. So it just kind of makes sense. I this does remind me of the Microsoft and Sony partnership from last year, even though there's kind of oh, no yeah. money dealt in that partnership. Like it's very much like a hey, behind the scenes, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and we'll kind of become better together. We don't really know what the progress. I don't think is going to be. We don't know what progress will be made from Sony and Microsoft partnering. We haven't seen any direct, like, obvious, oh, that's the thing they've been doing together. It just kind of behind the scenes, things are going to get better for us. And that's kind of all there is to it. And I think this is kind of the same way, too. Like, in the background, this means that our games are better. Yep. Um, You mentioned the second story, though. (laughs) This is hilarious. So Sony Epic deal gives birth to conspiracy theories. Thank you, Zermenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Some people online have speculated Tim Sweeney's excitement for PS5's architecture was related to this upcoming investment. Um, Basically saying that he was only saying that because he knew Sony was going to be putting down a $250 million investment. Tim Sweeney said this about um, those claims. There are, there's not some secret deal. 100% of the stuff we've been working on with Sony over the past months is now publicly announced. The Unreal Engine 5 demo on PlayStation 5, Nanite, Lumen, and the Epic Online services for cross-platform um, play across all platforms. So you're saying, there's no fire. There's not even really any smoke. Yep. So you, we kind of already touched on that. Are we ready to move on to the third-party quest log? I am uh, Betty Spaghetti. Let's go. Let's go. Let's actually start with Devolver. So I just want to mention the five kind of games that were mentioned at Devolver's uh, Direct 2020. Um, The three games were Shadow Warrior 3, Fall Guys, Carry On. Is it Olegia? I don't know. When I saw the the logo on the screen when they debuted it, the O is kind of like a, a... 
moon almost and i thought it was kleja and i was like that sounds like it could be a dirty term <laughs> i don't know what it would mean <laughs> but kleja sounds dirty and then like 20 minutes later in the presentation something like that they had olija on there i was like what the hell was olija oh that's kleja so i don't know i don't know what it means they never said it and the only thing that i had clues on was kleja so <laughs> the last game was a serious sam four i did not watch this event I wanted well, you to. Should. You and should. I ended up. Yeah, I like the Devolver events a lot. I've watched them every year. They're hilariously crazy and off the chain and just absolute batshit bonkers. Sometimes uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sometimes but, uh, weird. So you watch it. Yeah. What were your impressions of the event? Because you it can't was, just talk about the games now. No, no. The the Devolver directs have their own cinematic universe. Uh, specifically their own cinematic future and future's future and future's future's future. Um, and so the last... I don't know what that means yet. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you will. And it ends with just the future. Um, from two years ago to last year to this year, there's been like a slight narrative thread between like the crazy shit they've been doing with people throwing money into their computer and their arm getting chopped off on the screen and people killing other people on stage. And it's been always kind of like weird, like... They have a weird, wacky way of presenting this kind of material, and it's a fun, like, satire and criticism of the industry at the same time. And then this year, they went all out. It was their longest conference by far. It was almost an hour, I think. Uh, and it was 80% of them just, like, fucking jerking themselves off, masturbating at how great this future's future's future story is, and then 20% of actually showing games. And they were just, like, going back and forth and, and making all sorts of, like, commentary about... Uh, the uh, commentary about like COVID and people's marketing strategies throughout. And, like it's too many, too many announcements. We can't do anything right now. And then the person is like, "No, we have to. We need more announcements. People love announcements more than they love the games. Let's start announcing things that don't even exist." And then they were like forcing people to make up things to announce like, at any given time. Like, uh, <laughs> we have a new studio called Beans. We're hiring. Uh, come be part of Beans. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was incredibly ridiculous. It's very entertaining. You don't have to have seen the previous two years because they kind of recap it in the first couple of minutes, but it's worth going back and watching those because they're pretty short. I think that they're like 15 minutes maybe. Yeah, they're, I think they think 25 is the longest. They're not that yeah. long. But in this one, just in Devolver's own quirky way, they revealed a few games. Like They had Shuhei Yoshida showing off Fall, fall Guys. They had a lot, of, a lot of big names. Like Shuhei Yoshida was there showing off Fall Guys. They had uh, Phil Spencer there. My, they, my favorite thing was like how they credited them all, all the characters in the credits and phil spencer like his character name was you know from xbox and shuhei shuda was our man in japan <laughs> uh they had jeff Keeley there showing off something i don't even remember but uh so yeah they had a bunch of people in there they were all they at the very end they also had like in the credits this montage of like five minutes of showing them filming it and how they were doing in the interviews with everyone uh it was cool anyway the games part of it Fall Guys is the battle royale where it's like platforming and you're like cute little characters and you're running and trying to not die and get to the end. Still looks cute. I've um, seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, they had shown it off some. It's something before. I, the Nintendo Direct because that's the one that Shuhei showed off. Not Shuhei. Uh, a PlayStation event because that's the one that Shuhei showed off. Yeah. They are, sorry. They didn't have a person from Nintendo because I guess Nintendo didn't want to play ball. So they had this really gross-looking guy with, like, this really sweaty, 
gross wife beater and shirt and he had like really gross long greasy hair and he was <laughs> lots of chains and he was my uncle who works at Nintendo was his character name. <laughs> Was he featured in the game Don't Get Caught? Oh my god. It sounds like he's weird. (laughs) But he's talking about all these like conspiracy theories at Nintendo and it was um Whew. They also they like there were some times when for the for instance the game Carry On, which is an interesting looking 2D game where um rather than you going through dark, gross places shooting monsters, you're the monster just like completely destroying people. It looks kinda cool. But they had maybe five minutes of interviewing the monster. And the monster is like this giant, gross-looking puppet with eyes everywhere and tentacles, and he's like, "I'm blah, blah, blah. and it's like, all right, that went on a little bit long. But more about the games. Fall Guys, great. Carry on, looks interesting. Shadow Warrior Three, they had this big build-up. Fucking Shadow Warrior Two, and then you're beating people's heads off. And now Shadow Warrior Three looked pretty cool. Probably will never play it. I don't. I honestly don't remember what Cleja slash Alija was. But Serious Sam Four. I remember watching my brother play these games a ton as a kid, and they showed off Serious Sam 4 gameplay for the first time, and it looks it, it looks exactly like Doom. It is Doom, but not in hell. It's just everywhere else. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, some fun, interesting things, their own quirky style. I loved watching every bit of it. I will probably only play Fall Guys a little bit, maybe play Carry On. That's it. They started carrying off before because I actually do have a memory of that game. That does look cool. I like that idea yeah. of being the monster. That sounds good. I uh, and they've even announced Series Sam Four because it's a Stadia exclusive. So they show like they showed this is the first time they showed gameplay, but they announced it at a Stadia mm-hmm. event. Um, so really, I honestly think this was all just like a way for them to show a really fun press conference in the absence of E three and make fun of everyone else. And that's what it was. And they're also like, we make games, so we can kind of plug some of them in there too. So. <laughs> Well, that event sounds much more engaging than the Ubisoft Forward <laughs> event by by a lot. <laughs> um, just going to run down with the announcements where we can kind of share our, our thoughts on them. It started off with a pre-show, which featured about 45 million hours of Trackmania. It was literally is, at least 45 minutes. Like the first half hour of the hour, and I even tuned in a little bit, and they were already like balls deep in Trackmania. I was like, how long have they been talking about this? They talked about that game more than literally everything else. Yeah. And it's a really straightforward game. It just, you make tracks. Your little toy cars. And then you race on those tracks. It looks like Mod Nation Racers, except for less character and glee. <laughs> less or none. <laughs> 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 then they had this weird thing about rubber ducks and teddy bears in The Division 2. What the hell was that about? I don't know. And I, it was it was I all about like they weren't part of some event or something like that, and like it's a weird storyline with rubber ducks, and you find them all, and something crazy happens. And it was just like, there's this cool thing in engineering about like ducks, and you just want to be the duck so that somebody can talk to a duck and figure out a problem. So we were like, what if we put ducks in the game, and now there's rubber ducks everywhere? Oh, and we came up with this really cool like duck pun, and we put the duck pun in the game too. And also, it was a really there's an adorable teddy bear. Pun. <laughs> there's, a, there's a teddy bear now, so you can get teddy bears too. And they're kind of like self help teddy. Like, what the fuck does this have to do with Division Two, and why is it in it? Yeah, it was awful. I was trying to remember what else was in the pre-show, and I'm like, oh, I could look it up, or I could just write some more bullshit as the next bullet point because that's what it was. It was just some more bullshit. Yep. They did have a Ghost Recon announcement at the end of it, which was like, there's AI teammates now, and okay, there's some gameplay stuff that that's worth mentioning. Then it gets to the real show. And 
um, there were things here. Like this, the real show felt like a pre-show to me. Yeah, like this is what yeah. I would imagined a pre-show should have been, and then they would get to the real show afterwards. But no, this, this was the real show. They started off with Watchdogs Legion, which really retreaded a lot of the same territory as before. I mean, didn't see too much new. Um, Hyperscape is this battle royale game that actually looks really that looks cool. Dope. That was that was the coolest thing to come out of this whole thing. Absolutely, that's on an open beta, but only on PC right now. But I'm sure we'll see that in the future on consoles. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Trials uh, Rising has a giga track. It's the biggest track ever, and it was also the biggest, most boring announcement of the entire thing. Is oh, like, you don't think that the guys shouting at each other from ten feet away for social distancing? Did you tell them about the track? Did you tell them it's the <laughs> longest track that's ever been in the game before? I, I fucking hated that. The, Chad wasn't exaggerating. That was verbatim exactly what was in <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> the trailer. Speaking of verbatim, they showed off the um, Crew 2 Crash Bandit Crew, which is summer in <laughs> Hollywood. Kind of Hollywood. Do- <laughs> oh, um, that looked interesting. Um, by interesting, I mean I don't care. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla <laughs> had the first gameplay shown off, the like real gameplay shown Actual off. Actual gameplay this time, this time, and not the Xbox version of gameplay. And then they had the first Far Cry 6 trailer they showed off. Let's talk about Assassin's Creed real quick. Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. From I, I'm a person that admittedly has not played Assassin's Creed since the brother or since Revelations. So it's still part of that two saga. Um we were watching it on stream, not on stream, but we were watching it in Discord with a few people, and Dallas had said that it it looks a lot like odyssey a lot of the things that i don't really love about assassin's creed games were like oh your target is walking on the ground at one and a half miles an hour run around on the roof set also one and a half miles an hour and don't be seen for 30 minutes and then at the end stab him in the head it's like i just wish i just could have fucking stabbed that bitch in the head right at the beginning <laughs> apparently all that's been fixed and is is like removed and changed in the in the um in the newer games this looks like it could be fun it looks like stealth, as as far as what Dallas was saying about the new games, I haven't heard from Brent, because Brent is the authority on it, but as far as Dallas was saying about these new games, like, stealth is more so an option than a requirement in a lot of these things, which is, I don't like Assassin's Creed stealth, it's just not fun to me, and it's boring and slow. Yeah. Um, but it looks cool. It it also does, I, like, I mentioned this in the middle of, I can't, maybe it was Watch Dogs, we were watching Watch, Watch Dogs, and I was like, I can't. I understand that everything can't be the last of us when it comes to like graphical fidelity and, and character models and things like that. <laughs> but even in Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs, it's like these character models and the way that their lips move and the way that their their bodies move, it's just like it feels last gen already. And we're not even into mm-hmm. next gen yet, but it feels like something from last gen. Uh, and it's it's because we've been a hundred percent so spoiled by a lot of like really amazing experiences the last two years, but I don't know. It still looks fun. Looks dope. There's some cool stuff shown off with combat. I'm excited to be a Viking. End of my impressions. <laughs> yeah, I, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I don't like by no means do so I think it looks bad. I just didn't see that and thought that's a game I'm I'm wanting to really play. I, and it didn't really pull me in that much. But I do have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And if the games really are that similar and I try Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I like it, I can see myself you know, trying this out. I, I've enjoyed Assassin's Creed games in the past, so I'm not unwilling. But I think there's just, with PlayStation 5 launching, I don't really know exactly what we're playing 
a PlayStation 5 yet, and like that's kind of my bigger priority in the holiday. Yeah, is PlayStation 5 and Cyberpunk, and even Miles though Cyberpunk is going to be happening. Miles Morales. I know you fucking um, love Spider-Man PS4, and you're going to be so excited oh, about Miles Morales. Can't wait. I actually am excited to see what changes they make and how they update it because it was really just the gameplay and kind of the flow that I didn't really like that much. So they can fix that stuff. I'm down for it. Um, yeah. Talk so wa- Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, Watch Dogs Legion. Really? Yes. Let's talk about Watch Dogs Legion, and then we'll talk about Far Cry Six. Yeah. Um, so like overall, I'm not going to get this game, but I'm still really impressed with the idea of this, like play as any player. We, we, you, me, Dallas, and, and Matt and Brent were kind of talking about this in the in the chat a little bit beforehand, and I feel like, in terms of like the story, voice acting, dialogue, that's going to be a struggle to create an impactful story with interesting, unique dialogue when you're always playing as someone different. Like that's going to be a huge hurdle. I do think that there's some really interesting gameplay possibilities when you're talking about okay, I need to complete this mission. I'm going to scan everyone on this block and kind of see what attributes they have that I could utilize to best take advantage of this mission. And I think that there's a possibility with enough permutations and different combinations that you could kind of have like a moment of like, oh, great. Turns out that random old lady over there or that random construction worker over there is like really good with this spider drone ability. And I don't have anyone in my party that can do that right now. So I need to get them. Like, I think that's going to be kind of a cool part of the game, but I'm not convinced about anything else surrounding that yet. I read uh, two gameplay impressions, one from Ars Technica and one from Kotaku, and they kind of said the exact opposite things. One said, Ars Technica said, man, like, the player mechanic really does work just as well as advertised and it does exactly as they said it was, even though they're not necessarily, you know, wholly unique where everyone has completely different attributes. Like it is totally, you can do that. You can talk to people and, and kind of create a little story mission to get them into your party. Like all that's there, but because you have such a wide variety of, of possibilities, they have to design levels to take advantage of, all of those different possibilities and that leads to really generic mission structure which i think is then going to go into like kind of generic story very generic dialogue and we kind of saw the generic dialogue it's like one person said i'm paraphrasing creating a false example because i can't remember exactly what was said like one person said man i like pancakes and the other person said man i love pancakes (laughs) like that was in the 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 mission where they took over a waffle house exactly Yeah. yeah um it's like that part's really cool for me, and I'm curious about that system in the same way I'm curious about like the Nemesis system, but I'm not convinced about anything else kind of around it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a ton of focus on like gameplay mechanics and play this mission one of 17 different ways, and mm-hmm. it's because they have to make the story accessible to one of any number of NPCs you could possibly play as, I think it's going to be... Uh, a very, very poor, like it's not going to be an engaging story. And I think they know that. Mm-hmm. And I think like they've tried to tell a story in Watch Dogs. Everyone hated the first Watch Dogs character. Watch Dogs 2, everyone was like, the gameplay's so fun. I don't really care about the story of what's going on. And I think in 3, they're just doubling down on that and be like, we know it's not going to be a good story, but you're going to have fun doing it. And you're going to have a team of old ladies if you want. You're going to have a team of like crazy ass ninjas who look like John Wick if you want. Um, so <laughs> That part was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. So I think I think they're just doubling down and saying we get it. That's not what Watch Dogs is. You don't play Watch Dogs for a story. You're just gonna have fun yeah. doing it. But then you're right. They have to accommodate all of that for the different missions, 
to be able to play them in all these different ways. And if the missions themselves aren't fun, it doesn't matter if the people you're playing them as are fun. It's just not going to be engaging. Mm-hmm. I also yeah, am and they could talk super skeptical that skeptical that like you'll be able to have enough variety in the people you're playing as to make it interesting to play it. Like I know they say play as any NPC in the game and they all have their own unique story and they all have their own unique backgrounds and they all have their own unique gameplay things. It's like, that sounds great. I, I just don't believe it yet. And I granted there are now, as soon as this Ubisoft forward uh, ended, uh, a bunch of people were allowed to post their previews and people are like, I played five hours of the game. I played three hours of the game. I haven't watched any of those yet. So there might be evidence against me there, but I'm still super skeptical of it. Yeah, the, the Kotaku one is is more kind of leaning towards where you are, where it's like I just they didn't find enough of a variety between the people to find it entertaining or, or worthwhile. And but again, like Ars Technica said the opposite. So I want to see more impressions as well and kind of see kind of where people are falling. Um because I can I like totally can see with the background. How could you write a different background for, you know, hundreds of thousands of different NPCs that are gonna be populating the city? But like when it comes to like you know, um like abilities and things like that i do think that they could pull that off like if they they showed in the trailer that there were four ability slots and i went to a permutations and uh combinations calendar uh calculator and i put in four different like you know uh uh, there's gonna be four different slots essentially for the inventory for your abilities and let's say there's gonna be 25 different abilities right uh, I would hope there's more than that in the actual game, but like with 25 abilities, you could end up with 300,000 plus permutations, which is a lot of crossover, a lot of very like a lot of uh, some of the same across those 300,000. But if you look at like individual like combinations that are unique, it's uh, there's 1,800 plus. So like you, I think there's enough possibility for those aspects to be unique. But yeah, like voice acting, the backstory for the characters, like that stuff's going to be tougher. So we'll just yeah. kind of have to see. Um, D- Dusty was asking about our opinion for the Ultimate Edition. I'm gonna look that up actually because I haven't seen what I the Ultimate I Edition seen that, entails. No. Ultima Edition. Ultima is so a very very powerful right spell now. in the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> Do you want to start on uh, Far-, Far Cry uh, Six while I look this up? No, I'm looking up the Ultima ability on the Final Fantasy fandom wiki. Ultima is a recurring <laughs> spell in the Final Fantasy series, usually classified as black magic spell, with the exception of Final Fantasy II, when it's classified as a white magic spell. It's often the most powerful spell in the game, hitting all enemies for non-elemental damage, which can ignore defense, reflect, and any other protection. Pretty cool. Wow, this is I, I'm on Microsoft's site, and I'm like, oh, cool, here's just a comparison between all the different versions. The normal standard version the gold edition the ultimate edition this is literally how they break it down the standard game comes with the standard game and the golden king pack the the gold edition comes with all of that plus the season pass and then do you know what the ultimate pack has ultimate pack is distinguished because it has in a quote here the ultimate pack is included (laughs) (laughs) that's not helpful at all like that's why i came here is to find out what the what the ultimate pack is (laughs) what's the difference between all of them i spit everywhere uh it was like it was a 60 i think 80 for the other one and then 120 for the ultimate i can't find okay here's ubisoft's official page let's see what they say about it um yes i'm in the united states fine you can have my cookies have my cookies I'm going to toss my cookies um, right now. 
Oh man, now this page is like what all about Far Cry Six, but that's not what I wanted. <laughs> what if that's the noise I made when I threw up? <laughs> just like Rose at the end of Titanic when she tosses the heart of the ocean over the the ledge. She's like. Okay, <laughs> 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 well, Ubisoft's page also has a collector edition as well as the ultimate edition. Oh. And I still can't find out what the hell is in this. This is going to drive me a little bit nuts now because like this should Hold be on. really Here's easy. Here's the to pre-order out. guide on IGN. Okay, that's let's a good take one to look a look at, at it. It's just links. <laughs> just to where say you can ultimate. Buy okay, here we go. There's a Legion Gold Steelbook Edition. Comes with physical copies with the Steelbook case, three day early access, and season pass. There's the Ultimate Edition. The Steelbook Ultimate Edition is exclusive to GameStop, but the digital version is available elsewhere. It comes with the game, any applicable pre-order bonuses, and the following digital items. Season Pass, 3-Day Early Access, Urban Jungle Pack, and 4-Week VIP Status. The Jungle Pack contains 3 characters and 3 masks, and the 4-Week VIP Status is Earn Experience and Currency Faster. Oh... So it's another one of those, like, pay us more money and you can just get through the game faster. Kind of like, um, what was that, Shadow of War, oh. Shadow of Mordor? Yeah. And then, hold please, there's a Legion's Collector Edition, and it comes with a cool, like, Dios de la Muerta, Day of the Dead mask with a crown on it. That sounds cool. Lighting Dead Coronet mask. I've only seen that game as something you could wear in an RPG. Growing up, I've never said it out loud, but Coronet, I believe, is, is how it's said now. Exclusive Steelbook, Collector's Edition box, double-sided propaganda poster. <gasps> I hate double-sided posters because I'm always conflicted. I was like, which side do I want to show? And then the other side is always hidden. And you get three stickers. It's only $190. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the like pay-to-play-faster thing. It's like, oh, your time is valuable. So if you want to play this game, give us more money. Like, it doesn't bother me from like a competitive standpoint, but it's it just seems a little slimy. Yeah, it. Uh, I think we had the same discussion when Shadow of War came out, and they had that that similar thing where it's like, just get an experience faster by paying us ten bucks. And I I always say like, if it doesn't offer any multiplayer advantages, like if it's not pay to win, I'm I'm okay with it existing. But then the, the argument with that game and specifically was is that there was so much padding and so much filler and grinding in that game that like it almost forced you to buy the $10, excuse me, the $10 upgrade because the rest of the game was like, it felt like it was designed to push you towards that upgrade rather than being designed and then this is an extra bonus if you decide you want to go through it faster. So hopefully... I'm adding a subscriber interrogative. You're adding in a subscriber yeah. interrogative? Dallas let us, uh, has a subscriber interrogative for us. Mary Fuck Hill, Watchdog Legion, AC Valhalla, and Far, Far Cry 6. Um, but we'll get there. At the, we'll, okay, do, okay, we'll do okay, it at okay, the... Okay. We'll kind of keep it in the back of our head for a while. and we'll. I'm putting in the note right now. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so Far Cry 6, though. Far Cry kind of 6. big reveal. So this one was leaked by... I believe it was by Giancarlo Esposito on Twitter. And he's just like, you guys, <laughs> Wait, I'm in a new really? game. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that's Ubisoft's right. like, come on, that's guys. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, it stars Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad fame as Gus Fring, which is controversial opinion here, his only good role. Whoa. It's his best role for sure. 
He played the bad guy in The Mandalorian. He -hmm. played the bad guy in the show Revolution on NBC a long time ago after Lost was over. That show was terrible. Um, Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito has, has... has always been chasing Gus Fring, but he's never been able to re- reproduce anything on that level. Anyway, but he's in this. Looks like fucking intense as hell. It's all... A, a lot of people were saying, first of all, heads up, we hate Far Cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not we Far Cry We couldn't even people. finish a single game. <laughs> we, we tried Far Cry 4, which is the only one we've ever played. We got halfway through it and said, please, dear God, don't make us finish this. It was a barf game, so we, we just didn't finish it for barf. Um... But a lot of people are speculating, like, oh my gosh, there's a kid that people are speculating might be Voss for the who's the villain in the third game, and everyone fucking loves the third game so much. And then what if it's this is a prequel to that, and you get to see him as a kid and how he's developed? Blah, blah. Turns out that's not any of the case. The kid's name is Diego. Uh, however, it is intense. It looks like a very very heavy game. There's a nation in uprising, and and Giancarlo Esposito is del presidente, and he's like, one day, son, you will also be el presidente. And then he fucking puts a grenade in his hands and pulls the pin. He's like, cool, come with me. And he just fucking makes his kid. I don't, well, we don't know it's his kid. It is a kid who will then pass on the lineage. Could be, I don't know, any number of things. Um, I mean, it's after Game of Thrones. And at the end of Game of Thrones, this is like timeline-wise, way after Game of Thrones. Yeah. And in that story, they got rid of kings in the biological lineage. You're right. So it can't be in, in this. Can't, it can't be that he's the son of this game. You're right. You're he right. was democratically elected to uh-huh. to be a child to take over one day. That's what happened. But it looks like this. It's going to be about like the mental torture and emotional abuse that this kid is going to go under, and and from influence from Giancarlo Esposito as he starts building this car, and Giancarlo Esposito is like, "It's perfect, but it's useless." Like, hey, the shit that you just built that looks really, really good is fucking worthless to me. Here, let me put a grenade in your hands. Come over here, and I want you to throw this at the protesters down in the street. And then the trailer cuts right when the kid just like, uh. So it looks like it's going to be deep. It's going to tackle some things. And if we know anything about the marketing of Far Cry 5, it's going to fall short on all of that. And it's just going to be another generic game. <laughs> and you're rarely going to see Giancarlo Esposito at all. Yeah. Um... It was a great cinematic trailer for sure. There's no way that's gameplay footage. That's definitely a CG trailer. But it was really fucking good looking. It's funny that they seem to always get these like really great villain characters. And I think that's like when we played Far Cry 4, we were like, oh, that, you know, the the villain's supposed to be really great. I'm excited to see this. And then you see the villain in the opening scene. You're like, wow, that guy's fucked up. And then you never see him ever again. Exactly. Ever, yeah, we played ever for again. hours and hours. I feel like I don't. I don't remember. Maybe I played it like 10, 12 hours, maybe of that game. I don't remember. But yeah, that was one of the yeah. things. Was like, where the fuck is this villain that everyone's talking about? It's just a bunch of other bullshit that's going on that I don't care about. Yeah. So it's just nothing about this got me excited, even though I liked the trailer. Yeah. So it was well written. I thought the whole like the the dialogue was was well written. All that was great. Um, his um, what's his name again? Um, El Presidente. Oh, what's actor's name? Diego, Giancarlo Esposito. um, Yeah, his performance is fantastic. Yep. Really good performance, but yeah, I don't have any reason to be excited about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of the whole thing with this whole event was no reason to be excited. There's nothing (laughs) that really spoke to me. So they got me hyped as fuck saying, you guys, we're going to have another one of these sometime in the future too. 
So, like, look for another Ubisoft mm-hmm. Forward sometime. This one was shit, but don't worry. There's another one coming. <laughs> but in, in all now, honesty, like, this was this was a, a pretty average Ubisoft E3 press conference. If you think yeah. back on their press conferences, they're usually not exciting. There's usually not a ton of exciting stuff that gets announced. Like, it's... Hyperscape was a huge... Which we didn't even talk about. Hyperscape looks fucking dope as hell, and I can't wait to oh, play yeah. it. And that was, a, like, a gem in the middle of all of this other ruffianage roughage ruffians ruffians i don't know refuse (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so hyperscape looks great but yeah as i mentioned this is this is standard for ubisoft neither good Mm -hmm. nor bad just kind of meh better than ea's event for sure 100 percent. yep not as good as the following ad read oh my gosh welcome to respawn name fire let me tell you about hello fresh <laughs> uh <laughs> just kidding we're not actually sponsored by hello fresh although i'll be having my first three meals starting this wednesday if you want to use holden's code beep boop, 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 you can also get three <laughs> three meals <laughs> no i'd like to tell you about affable ideas and ways that you can help support us if you like what you hear right now we could use your help with a few things one we need your subscriptions on YouTube. And I know we've been asking for this for a few months now, but I'm not kidding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real? We need them. <laughs> so go to YouTube and subscribe to us. That will help us get some visibility. It'll help us get uh, a, an easy to, like, say, hey, go to YouTube.com slash Respawn Name Fire and view blah, 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 which we currently can't do because we don't have enough subscribers. So go there, do that. That will show that you support our product enough and that you want more from us. And then we would love to do other things. We have some other things in the pipeline that we want to bring out. But like, do you guys even really want them? I don't know. Show me by subscribing. (laughs) Next thing you can do, you can go to the other channels that we have. AAWY. Check out some of that content. It's really fun stuff. You can go to Affable Idiots. You can right now check out the trailer for the Fast 9 movie, even though, or sorry, Fast 10 movie, even though Fast 9 is not out yet, but there's a Fast 10 trailer there. We got the exclusive rights with Universal to uh, premiere that trailer. Uh, you can go to your podcast services and just rate us there. I saw on Apple Podcasts, we were rated five stars out of five stars. It worked. Threatening people works. <laughs> we are rated five out of five stars on there, but we can still use more reviews. It gets us, uh, it works our algorithms, gets us higher up on that list. Uh, so that people can view us and we make more friends. And we love that. And then finally, you can go to patreon.com slash fire. If you have a dollar or more, you can get some cool stuff, like being able to play Ippon and Jala with us. We're probably never going to play that again. <laughs> but something similar on game nights on Thursday and Nintendo nights on Friday. You get to uh, get some dope, cool wallpapers every single month themed around our fun show. And then you also get to influence what we play each month for our backlog accomplishments with Respawn and Friends, or Barf Game, which this month is holding Fable Anniversary. Fable Anniversary. Happy anniversary. Your anniversary is today. That's from Rugrats. <laughs> so uh, you can go over there, decide what we want. It is about time that we have next month poll go up so you can choose what we're playing in August. And again, you get to vote if you pay $1. That's my month, isn't it? Nope, it is my second month. Okay. So I'll be posting the poll for this one. And that's it. That's all I have to tell you about Affable Idiots. Let's move on to our main quest. Can I actually put some pressure on myself for a second here? 
Speaking of YouTube, the things you have to look forward to in YouTube, I want to put the pressure on myself and just announce this publicly because it will kind it. of put yes. the fire underneath me to get me going on this. So I'm working on a, a series of videos called The Grind, where I basically ask myself a question and then grind through the data to come to a consensus. And so, for example, two of them that I'm, I'm working on, one is why has Google Stadia not been successful and could it be successful in the future? And the other one is why is the Nintendo Switch service online so bad? Or why does it get the bad rep? And I actually have, a, I think, a good answer for that one. Um, and I have others I'm working on, too. There's probably going to be four videos, and they're going to be essentially video essays. So that's going to be happening mid-ish August... That's the t- that's the time frame I'm putting on it, so I better fucking do it. <laughs> so Spoilers. I have the timeline there. I I did an episode of the kind of funny up and comer podcast that will be going out. I think the first week of August, where I also told people this was coming. So <laughs> you will have not only our audience looking for this, but a lot of other people across the kind of funny audience looking for it. So woo, you're welcome. <laughs> the timing of that coming out beginning of August though is better than. Yeah. Than now. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so that's happening. That's something that to be looking forward to. But moving on to the main quest, Microsoft could be buying even more studios. Oh shit! So <laughs> what? So we have two stories here that are very much related to each other. One, Phil Spencer indicates more acquisitions for game uh, Xbox Game Studios could occur. This is the full. That's from Logan Moore, uh, Dual Shockers. The full quote from Phil Spencer follows. We're always out there talking to people, but it has to be the right opportunity. And there has been no signal at all that it should be slowing down, but just to go at a pace that is maintainable for us as a leadership team. And then in regards to the studios that Microsoft has already acquired, Phil Spencer said, we acquired quite a few uh, uh, new studios in a short amount of time. And we want to make sure those studios are onboarded in the right way. As Matt and I were talking about, we just wanted to make sure that we treated the incoming studios as full parts of the organization that they felt supported. Um, and it's kind of straightforward. The possibility of them buying studios is pretty likely in the future, but they want to do it in a responsible way. Sounds great. The next story is very interesting, however. Xbox is reportedly interested in, uh, in acquiring WB Interactive. Thank you, Matt Kim at IGN. So previously, it had been reported that other companies were looking to buy WB Interactive, but now Microsoft is in those discussions as well. That's huge. So buying them would include a fantastic cloud of studios, which includes Avalanche Software, um, which was like Just Cause, for example, um, but also worked on like Rage 2. Um, and a few other like open world games, um, Monolith Productions, which did the, both the uh, Shadow of Mordor games, Nether Realm Studios, which does Mortal Kombat, Rocksteady Shout Studios, Chicago, which Nether is Realm. yeah, Nether Realms. I actually lived like two blocks from them. They were really close. When to I moved I here, I went and returned my cable box as an RCN that was right in the yep. same shopping center as them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it literally is in like a plaza. It's really funny. Yep, um, Rocksteady Studios, which does the Batman Arkham games, which are very popular. And popular. Games, Sorry, popular, popular. <laughs> TT uh, games. I actually forgot which what they Lego. make. But anyway, so Lego. Oh, that's right. Okay. So licensed properties such as the Batman, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Lego would be included in this. Those will have to be negotiated separately. So even if they got WB Games, they'd also have to buy the rights to those um, those IPs as uh, uh, video game properties. But like Mortal Kombat, since that is owned by nether realms they would get that if nether realms was purchased chad how happy would you be if this happened i would be beyond two souls happy 
Beyond Two Beyond Souls. Happy. Two Did Soul you like happy. that game? That's actually I a confusing. I statement liked that game. I'm one of okay. the few people, and by the way, Tom and Jesse, who also played it with me, also liked that game. Um, did we ever play that? Or did we just nope. stop at Heavy Rain? We should we play Beyond Two Rain. Souls. Yeah. Uh, do I have it? I think I do. Everyone has it. It was I free on PlayStation Plus. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yes, I would be beyond happy at this. So there were a lot of different companies that were apparently in the running that are that are bidding or looking into acquiring WB Studios, uh, including like 2K and EA, Activision. And I would love if Microsoft bought them. I, at first I was like, wait a minute. If Batman ends up becoming Xbox exclusive, I'm going to flip. But then I thought, you know what? Spider-Man is only on PS4, and look at the amazing things they were able to do with that. If they could do that same kind of thing for Batman, I'm already going to have an Xbox. Sure, I won't get trophies for it, and then I probably won't care about that game anyway, and I'll never buy it. I'm just kidding. I would play it. It's going to be great. <laughs> but no, to have to have the the money that Microsoft has to float these way. I mean, not saying that WV doesn't have money, because they have Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Batman. Um but no, to have to have the Microsoft money behind these development studios, to have that marketing push from Xbox as well would be huge. But yeah, mm-hmm. to have all of these talented studios as a first party get for Xbox would be huge. It would allow them to finally compete with uh, PlayStation on that first party level that they've they've frankly, honestly, never been able to. As far back as uh, even Halo was great. Uh, okay, in the Xbox. PS2 era, maybe. But still, Xbox is struggling right now to compete on that area. This would be huge for them. But don't don't make me play Harry Potter on my Xbox. <laughs> I need that on my PlayStation. I need Harry Potter trophies. I need a platinum trophy where the icon is a platinum version of the Triwizard Cup. That's what I need. Ooh, that that's pretty cool. And if it ends up just being a little Xbox symbol with an achievement next to it, I'm gonna like, oh, fucking flip. microsoft has been good about that like if a game is already being made for many consoles they generally just let the developer release it on so they're good about that um but yeah i agree like the the quality of these studios would put them in much better placement against sony i i kind of went through and i'm like hey what are actually the numbers comparing like how many triple a places exclusives are there versus how many xbox one exclusives are there and it's here's the thing it's actually pretty even in terms of the number of the games but when you look at the sony side it's like okay but here's a classic game for that generation here's another classic game for the generation yeah. and that is not what's existing on the the microsoft side and a big reason that the microsoft side's list is so much long is because there's like bazillion gears of war games there's a bazillion forza games like they don't have a diverse catalog of games that this would let them have along with quality and i hadn't thought about your point too with um you brought up with batman like when a studio is making a spider-man game like insomniac was they just make the best game they can possibly make because sony will fund it until it is that best game it can possibly be it's not oh it's i mean of course it's about making the money off the game obviously but it's also about that game being a shining example of what their platform can accomplish and having that kind of incentive behind like a Mortal Kombat game could be really interesting to to see because they tried to have Killer Instinct to be like a fighting game exclusive to Microsoft and yeah. that floundered. Nobody just cares but about having the IP it be Mortal Kombat though. Yeah, but to have that with Mortal Kombat would be yeah. a huge get. And you for, think about like right now, um, PlayStation has Street Fighter. Like Xbox mm-hmm. having something to compete with them in the fighting game community would be huge for them. Yeah. 
I'd even say that, I mean, I don't know much about the fighting scene that much, or the fighting game scene. Uh, definitely don't know about the fighting scene. I don't get it. <laughs> you know? Doesn't have me that often. I'm sure um, Drake's but... gotten in a couple of fights before. <laughs> That's how you gotta build credibility uh, as a rapper. You just gotta get in a couple of fights. Drink a Sprite. <laughs> drink a, they just have, a Sprite they just have a cooler full of Sprite and orange slices and all these rappers just fighting each other. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right, all right, all right, halftime. Everyone go grab some orange slices, drink a Sprite. <laughs> get get McSperry this time. It's great flavor, Sprite. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? I can't remember now. I'm sorry. Great games. There no, you're fine. Great games. It's going to be great games. That's the point. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is going to be huge. And it's going to be... A really expensive buy, but Microsoft can shell out the money way more than the other companies going after this, which is like Take Two or you know, Two K something like that. There's no way. There's no know, way that, that Microsoft couldn't outbid. Activision has that Call of Duty money, which is traditionally the best-selling game every single year ever. But then it also has yeah. that love for li- Well, at least it previously did that love for licenses. Like mm-hmm. it had the Spider-Man license for a long time. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. That's like, mm, I don't remember if Sly was, but but they, like, oh my god, I have the throw-up hiccups. The Crash. <laughs> I mean, Activision loves licensed games, but also something else that Brent pointed out uh, in a chat once is that like Activision loves to license a game and then abandon it and then not support it and then that game gets pulled from because of licensing issues. That game gets pulled from stores and you can't buy it anymore. Or can't download mm-hmm. it like Ninja Turtles. Thank you, Activision. So, I don't know. They love licenses, but they also like don't give a shit about licenses anymore if they don't perform. Yeah. And if there's a dope Harry Potter game that I like, but not everyone else likes, and then I can't buy it one day, or I can't download it again, <gasps> I'm going to fucking flip. <laughs> this is what I was going to get to. Okay. It's comparing the lists of the games. <gasps> That's right. Sony's all studios they own. Microsoft's a lot of them are studios they don't own, but have partnerships with. And that's also probably one of the reasons why the games aren't at the same caliber as the Sony games. This would put them in a position of if they continue those partnerships with third-party studios and they have a giant list of like third-party games that are exclusive as well as their first-party games, I, I really think Microsoft could be positioning themselves for a really successful console generation. But I feel like it might be a little bit more like the PlayStation 3 generation, where like it had a little bit of a rocky start because there's a little bit of wariness on what Microsoft can offer, and Sony seems to be firing all cylinders. But I really feel like if they can get these studios, have great games, line their their platform with these incredible games over the next few years, just like PlayStation ended up outpacing the Xbox 360 and, and kind of coming on top of that generation, even though it was very, very close, I can see Microsoft pulling that off if they can get this purchase along with all the other purchases they've made, I can totally see that happening. It's not like it'd be easy, but I can really see that happening. And that competition benefits all of us. So even if you're a PlayStation fan, this should be exciting for you. 100%. Ah, 100%. Sprite burps. Sprite burps. Moving on. Unless you have anything else to add. No, that's it. That's all I've got to say on the main quest. Thank you, though. Boom. Subscriber interrogative provided by DFN Schmitty, also known as Dallas. No, it's now D. Schmitty Games. Oh, no, it's DFN Schmitty. Well, I'm going off. Get your life together, Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a merry fuck kill between Watchdog Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Far Cry 6. Kill Far Cry 6. Right off the bat, kill Far Cry 6. Really? Yes. Because we know we hate the Far Cry series, and also they're just filled with terrible people. 
all the villains are just terrible people. <laughs> Look at that Because all the games are the villains that are so nice and kind to everyone. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, like, like Last Far of Us Part no, 2, which is actually is a real. very valid it's statement. It's too real and too, like... Well, at least the marketing campaigns are too real, and then the games turn out to be... <laughs> um, it's just asking to be killed. It's so a harsh then, world. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the reality in a harsh world. We're going to marry and we're going to fuck. Okay, we're going to marry Watchdog Legion because... A rotating set of partners. You never get bored with any one person. Boom. There you go. We're going to fuck Assassin's Creed Valhalla because Vikings traditionally have just been all about doing whatever the fuck they want. I bet they fuck like, <laughs> like the most amazing sex you've ever had in your life. Coming from a Viking. That's just going to come in there, rip shit apart, let you choke them, whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, yeah! Dude, cut my arm. Let me lick the blood while we fight. It's, it's going to be weird. But it's gonna be one. It's gonna be a story. So you want to have that one time fuck with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I agree with your list. I was debating whether or not to fuck or or kill Watchdog Legion mm-hmm. because they can like you know. You're, so you're marrying Assassin's Creed. I'm gonna marry Assassin's Creed. Okay. It okay. looks like the overall better game. Yeah, I feel yeah. like with of Watchdog games, that's Legion, I, I think. Play. Yeah, it looks like the the better game of the three. Um, with Watchdog Legion, I was kind of thinking like, oh, it's a unique game mechanic that's interesting to me, but I don't know how that's gonna play out. Like, it's so risky that like, let me just let me just fuck it for a bit and see what it's <laughs> like. <laughs> but then Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's like, hey, that's a tried and true formula, and. It's it's gonna be more polished. It's gonna be a more refined experience, and that's port. That's important in marriage. All right. Thank yeah. you, Dallas, for, for another rousing MFK. Dallas loves MFKs. Let's move on to game on game show. The game on a game show. We play a game called Game On. We game 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 game. This week. We've got another version of now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. We take two games that are seemingly unrelated. We mash them up, figure out what the game would be. Holden, this week we are doing a uh, Ubisoft Forward version of all of these. So we're going to take something that was announced or shown in Ubisoft Forward and mashing it up with something else. Starting with our first pair, Trackmania (laughs) crossed with Farmville, that farming simulator (laughs) your mom still plays on Facebook. (laughs) Here's what it is. Here's what it is. You know you have like the uh, the pesticide planes that like fly over mm-hmm. and all the tracks in Trackmania fly over a farm or drive over a farm, but they have okay. little like slits in the middle of the track. So you're just driving up the track and making sure you're staying on that little hole so you can d- disperse the pesticides. That's the game. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I I, I assume it's something more like the. It's more Animal Crossing to me, because Trackmania. A lot of what they showed is like how you can build boring ass looking uh, tracks, mm-hmm. and you need resources, I'm sure, to build these tracks. So you probably need to cut down some trees and to get some <laughs> lumber to build. And then you gotta have you need to get signs. So you gotta I don't know squish some rocks to make some supports for the. And so you're you're just like fucking Animal Crossing it up so that you can build a dope track that no one will play and that nobody likes. 
this is brilliant because you can also do two is you got to make the corn so you can make not great ethanol fuel for this car that's to drive. Right. That's right. That's and 100% then, what it is. You're you right. also got to pay the troll toll if you want to get into this boy's hole. <laughs> you need to say what that's from so people <laughs> don't get the right idea. No, never. <laughs> um, next up, we have Hyperscape crossed with Super Mario Galaxy. What is Ooh. Hyperscape? This really cool futuristic battle royale, everyone's in VR, Ready Player One style. Look like mashup with Super Mario Galaxy. Okay, here's where my head's at immediately. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's a kind of gravity mechanic in hyperspace, or hyper, whatever it's called. Um, hyperscape. What you call it? What it called? Hyperscape. Where you, the gravity might change and you're jumping up higher and shit. You have to account for that. But think about it being a Mario Galaxy kind of style... I haven't played Mario Super Mario Galaxy before, so like I could be getting this wrong. But it seems like in the levels you have like instead of having platforms, you have spheres. Mm-hmm. And to come about, I mean, some of the spheres physics, are large could, enough that you do have platforms on them. But yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could have like a variety of different spheres and sizes, which would also impact the gravity because it how that works is the larger the mass of an object, the greater its gravity is. So you can have uh, different size spheres that have different gravity on it. So you can be jumping from sphere to sphere and then having to respond immediately to how that sphere is different from others on top of having platforms and buildings on top of each sphere. That could be really cool in a first-person shooter context. Like Also, like using the gravity to, like, all right, if I jump but angle in a certain way, I could then go around this planet and then, like, fly over to this other one and, like, shoot something... That could actually be Can insanely crazy. Can you imagine crazy. how many cool gameplay videos you'll see of people like swooping around a planet, moonshotting around, and being like from the back of someone's head, pow! Yeah. Oh my god, that could be. So that kind of needs to happen. That I sounds amazing. I want to take a step and further. nauseating. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take it a step further and make it a Super Mario themed battle royale as well. Like I want to have. Or you jump on people. I want to have Mario with your shooty spinny spitter water thing. From oh, Super Mario Sunshine, I want you. Maybe you have your hat. You can throw at people. You have fireballs. You have Princess Peach with uh, her parasol or a golf club from Mario Golf or something like that. Like I want to have Super Mario characters. Like most battle royales nowadays, like have specific characters you can play as. They play slightly differently sometimes, or maybe they're just skins. But like I want to have Super Mario characters in a battle royale game in the spheres and all that kind of shit. With I want, I want it. That sounds amazing. It actually lends itself really well to Battle Royale. Like, you have a gun when you start off. Well, you don't have a weapon you start off. You just have to jump on your enemies when, you, when you're yes. initially starting out. Yes. And then and you, you can, can get, like, up. the firepower ability. And then you can get... Mm, Somebody make this in yes. Dreams and then get it taken down. <laughs> <laughs> you make it in Dreams so we can all point at something and say, Nintendo, you took this down, but we want you to make this game. Yes. Finally, Far Cry 6... Crossed with Just Dance 2021. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what it is, is it's not that Esposito is the El Presidente. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. that he's the best dancer in all of, I think the game's supposed to be placed in Cuba. He's the best dancer in all of Cuba, okay. and it has all Latin music themes, and you're just dancing your way to the top so you can be just as good as your dad and take over his crown. Very much like a Pokemon game, where at the end of it, you have to like fight dad at uh-huh. like, the gym, so like you could... He's Giovanni. It's just oh, like that. Giovanni's not your yeah, dad. He's, 
Yeah, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, that, that that's what it is. I think I think you are referencing. You're probably not referencing, but you're talking about their journey, as High School Musical would call it, of bop, 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 bop to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the exact words in my head, yes. I know, you were saying all of this nonsense, but that's what you really were trying to say. As Diego, you have to bop, 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 bop to the top and beat dad. <laughs> I can't think of any quote that I would never use in my normal day to day. <laughs> <laughs> like you know those like fake historical quotes where it's like man that you know chicken was off the chain quote susan b anthony you ever like see those histor- no like that's like the equivalent for me like whatever you said because it could possibly repeat it <laughs> holden Tepardo. bop bop beat up bop holden Tepardo. you could go the opposite route and make a just dance game, except for instead of dancing, you're like doing like, all right, hold the grenade, pull the pin, throw the grenade. <laughs> and just like all of these <laughs> terrible things that you're doing to people through dance. <laughs> you're like, hey, there's some enemies over the hill there. Moving into combat encounter. Shuffle, shuffle forward. <laughs> <laughs> Duck behind cover. Don't get shot. Duck behind cover. Shoot him in the skull. <laughs> Uh, no, I like your version better, Diego Bop Bop. I don't know why I keep thinking, when you mentioned that, of like him Bop Bop Bopping to the top, I, for some reason, am thinking Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> and he's like going through, becoming a millionaire, but then you also get like the Bollywood dance scenes. And it's like, that's what I'm thinking of. Dusty has a th- uh, bonus round for us, Rayman and Far Cry 6. Rayman and Far Cry 6. I don't I don't have much experience with Rayman except for the iOS versions, which are actually quite good. <clears throat> so I'm just picturing it's a version of Rayman where it's like a 2D side scrolling, you have to get mm-hmm. from one side to the other. But you have to hold down a really obscure group of buttons to make sure you don't um let go of the grenade as you're going through the level. That's that's what it's gotta be. I I thought of something and then it became very real and I hated it. But what I thought of was, what if it's Far Cry 6, but instead of Giancarlo Esposito, it's the Rayman Raving Rabbids. And so it's like the entire city is the country, whatever it is that we're, we're I guess it's maybe the entire country of Cuba. But they're revolting and, and protesting. And then you have Diego there who has to make this really important decision. And the person forcing him to do this is a rabbit. And he's like, what? And it's like, that's who's in charge of the country. And then I thought, that's El Presidente. And I was like, that's our Presidente. That's the United <laughs> States' Presidente. We are a country in turmoil <laughs> with protesting, and our Presidente is a Rayman raving rabid who's fucking shit up. <laughs> and I don't want that game at all. And then all of just Congress and Senate is just a bunch of rabbits going, bah! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Do you guys, are you going to vote bah or bah on bah. this bill? Bah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too, too soon. Too soon. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 169. I can't believe we never even made a joke about that. <laughs> Oh, Respawn Aim Fire. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, we threatened you, so go to YouTube and subscribe to us. Go to our podcast services. Give us five stars. Leave us a little review. That's the sound of you leaving a review. And then also go to Patreon. Give us a buck. Play with us during game nights every week. 
get wallpapers, and vote on what we're playing for our backlog game next month in August. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go play Fable Anniversary. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Bye!